Welcome to A Fork in Time, the alternate history podcast. Welcome back to A Fork in Time, the Alternate History Podcast, and part three of our exploration of an alternative timeline in which Europe does not suffer the consequences of the Black Death of the 14th century. In the previous episodes on this topic, and if you haven't listened to those, I would certainly encourage you now to go back and pick them up uh, because there's some valuable background material in those episodes that uh, help make this episode more understandable. Uh, We've discussed the actual timeline. That was primarily in part one of the three-episode series. Uh, In part two, we talked primarily about uh, the changes that would result from not having the Black Death, primarily in the political and economic realm. And in the final episode here today, we're going to focus on the impact on the church. Uh, Without the Black Death, uh, the way that church history plays out, particularly in Europe, uh, would also be very different. As we talked about in part one, as we went through the original timeline of history, one of the things that is produced by the Black Death is a situation where there's a dramatic change in the structure of the church. The church at that time is the Catholic Church in the Catholic universal sense. Uh, This is before the Reformation, and while there are certainly uh, alternative understandings of theology that might exist around um, in Christendom, Uh, The church is the single structure. It is the single hierarchical powerful structure uh, through which Christianity is sustained. And uh, Orthodox Christianity, particularly in the the West, is contained within uh, the Catholic Church based in Rome with the Pope in Rome. What we do see in the real timeline of history is after the Black Death and a change, a sudden change, in those that come into Uh, being in positions of clergy, uh, the changes to the political structure, uh, the rise of of new classes, is we do see a change that has an impact directly on the church. And that ultimately leads to, by the time we reach the 15th century, the early part of the 15th century, uh, some 75 years later or so, uh, we actually do have the first uh, major impacts of the Reformation on the church, led by Luther and other Reformation leaders. And so today we're going to explore how things would have been different, again, in a scenario without the Black Death. So it's important, again, to understand what the church was prior to the Black Death in the sense that it was the single entity. It was the church. Uh, There was essentially no other structure. There was no other formation uh, that existed that carried the power and the authority of the single church and the power and authority of the papacy. While there may have been disputes over who was the rightful pope, schisms, those types of things, uh, there was no debate over who was the rightful church. And so with the rise of the Reformation in the real timeline, that changes. Without the catalyst of the Black Death, though there is not the situation put into place, which is the underlying support and in many ways the causation of the Reformation. And so the first thing that we'll look at is what would it have been like, again, looking back at what we talked about in part two, with the sustained 
uh, hold foothold of feudalism and the relating political society to continue to have the same monolithic, uh, organized, powerful entity that was the church uh, continue without change as well. And so just as we talked about in the economic and political implications of an alternate timeline, what we have is something that is much more enduring that will last for much longer. There's no catalyst of losing 35 to 60% of the population and the impact that has on the clergy, the impact that has even on people's faith in the church. And so there's two primary differences in a non-black death Europe with respect to the church. The first is uh, many of the questions that arose among some believers or some of the adherents to Christianity about the church that came as a direct result of the, the plague itself, as a direct result of the death and the, uh, and the loss and uh, hopelessness and a feeling of helplessness uh, that was arisen during the course of the Black Death would not have existed. Uh, there would have been less of a lack of faith in faith itself and in the church's ability uh, to be a, uh, something that would protect those who were adherents to Christianity. And so one of the major differences is just there's not as much of a questioning of church authority, of church position, of the role of the church, uh, again, in this more stable, continuing in the feudal society, and also continuing with the church being a powerful partner in that relationship that existed between the economy, the politics, and also the religion, we would have seen a continuation of more of the same. It's difficult to imagine exactly what would have come along that would have been a challenge to the church's authority in, in the same way that the Reformation ultimately was a challenge and that resulted in the Counter-Reformation. So one of the first things that you just have is a more um, enduring faith and consistency in the church uh, that carries over uh, post the absence of the Black Death exactly what happened before the, uh, the period of the Black Death. So probably the simplest way to summarize the, uh, the impact or the change that would come from the absence of the Black Death with respect to the church is that it would be no change. It's hard to imagine what external force or external catalyst or internal force or internal catalyst would have produced the same impact on the church, on its theology, on its approach uh, that was produced as a subsequent result of the Black Death, a changeover in who constituted the clergy, the rise of new classes, education, uh, forming in such a way that it wasn't solely dependent upon the institutions that were the primary education uh, mechanisms, which were the church. So the simplest way to describe the church without the Black Death is an unchanged church. Uh, the only things that you might imagine that might have been the types of catalysts that would have produced significant change would have had to have been extreme external threats. So potentially the threats posed by... Uh, continued incursions and invasions coming from the Mongols and others that were coming across Eurasia and the pressure that that might have placed upon the church bringing other influences into territories so non-Christian influences being brought into Europe uh, being a change that would have changed the ultimate religious landscape of Europe uh, in a different way than the Reformation changed the landscape of Europe from the understanding of Christianity or perhaps, again, further incursions or more expansion by the Islamic world into Europe in such a way that an external threat may have also changed the composition of the church and how the church might have responded. Uh, again, the easiest way, I think, to think of the change that happens with respect to religion without black death 
uh, and the consequences in Europe is that there would have been little change and little motivation for change. A further understanding of the difference is to tie the changes that occurred in the real timeline and how they impacted politics and economics, but particularly politics, uh, and imagine them being not present. So, for example, the rise of new political structures, new power arrangements that the, were the results we talked about in the last episode of the changes to feudalism, feudalism crumbling as a result of the massive sudden change in population and the availability and the um, supply and demand of labor was supported by changes that happened in the church because of the similar impact. Again, as we talked about before, the fact that suddenly uh, the large numbers of the clergy were also lost as a result of the Black Death and had to be replaced by those who came from different classes, different backgrounds, and different educational preparation for the roles that they were going to play within the church. So there was the the, the situation that occurred where the economy and society was affecting the church and the church was affecting the economy and the society and politics where the two things played against each other. Uh, in the same way that those two things were catalysts playing against each other for change, they would have also been the same things that would have continued to maintain the status quo. And so, for example, one of the things that can be imagined is some of the things that grew out of the Reformation that related to congregational organization or politics inside of the local church that was more decentralized, less reliant upon central figures that led to the growth of the concepts of democracy and self-rule that grew out of the Reformation, that grew out of the changes with feudalism crumbling, and then were supported by the changes inside the church, uh, again, through the Reformation, would not have existed. And so that synergy that caused a change in the political power structure, again, as the result of the Black Death, the opposite takes place when the church continues to be the monolithic uh, primary power inside of Europe as a single uh, as a single entity that derives its power from the organizational structure. And again, remembering that literacy was not widespread, as we talked about before. Uh, having the Bible in your own common language and the vernacular was not widespread. So even the ideas of different approaches to theology or different ways of understanding or interpretive scripture, the types of things that Luther was an advocate for as an example inside of the Reformation, Calvin and other leaders in the Reformation, it's hard to imagine how they would have taken hold uh, given that those types of teachings would not have been taught in the traditional education uh, resources and sources that the clergy went through prior to the plague and thus would have been the same organization, same structure where clergy would have been derived um, if there had not been the Black Death. Uh, again, it, it's more of this, the same remains the same. I know that sounds like it's being repeated over and over again, but it's to emphasize the fact that if there is no catalyst for change, particularly in an organization that is resistant to change anyway. In fact, if you look at the Reformation and then the Counter-Reformation, that's all about an organization, the church, that by its very nature is resistant to new ideas, resistant to change, particularly that are viewed as being uh, heretical or going against orthodoxy. Uh, you already have a you already have an institution that is change resistant, and so if you allow it to remain in an environment that is also not as freely disposed to encouraging change, then you're giving it the strength to persist. The status quo is more likely to be a status quo. Another way to think of it would be that the inertia of the church is to remain at rest, to remain what it is 
instead of adapting or adjusting to be something new or different, which it did uh, to a great degree. Even the Catholic Church itself through the Counter-Reformation in response to the Reformation does change and does adapt in a fairly short period of time as a result of the Black Death. No Black Death, uh, again, barring, as I've mentioned before, something that is external that's a threat, it's hard to imagine what would have produced that type of desire or impetus for change, and certainly not on a large scale. Outside of politics, a continuing of the same type of structure, a continuing of the church in its present form, would also, would have certainly had an impact on science as we know it today. One of the major things that led to changes in science and technology uh, was what came to be the Renaissance. The Renaissance grows out of the Reformation. And so it's very easy to imagine that you don't have some of the changes, some of the advances that actually happen in, uh, in a technological realm um, that are the result of what goes on in the Renaissance if you don't have the Reformation. Again, without the Reformation, uh, which is a direct result of the Black Death, uh, you have this domino effect of probably having more of a stagnant understanding of technology and scientific exploration. Uh, even later, for example, Galileo being uh, probably the best example of this, uh, the church is resistant to <clears throat> the impact of science in terms of changing thinking and changing thought. And so it's, again, also very hard to imagine uh, if there were new ideas when it came to science, to astronomy, uh, to other types of things that may have been or standing at odds with the uh, long-standing teachings of the church, it's very difficult to imagine the still very strong, still uh, monolithic type church structure being open to that type of change and much more likely to do the types of things that were even seen uh, during the Renaissance um, that that were the result of the challenging to thought, particularly thoughts relating to natural science. That would be even more profound. It's hard to imagine with the difficulties that Galileo and others had in terms of bringing new thoughts forward, how much harder that would have been in the context where there had not been a reformation, uh, where there had not been any type of change in theological thought that had been brought to bear uh, in, in the recent time. It would have been a, a, an atmosphere that would have been far less friendly uh, to the challenging of conventional notions. And in fact, uh, the education that also changed, as we talked about before, out of the Reformation, the new institutions that were created that were more open uh, to scientific discovery and rethinking even the concepts of natural science, and of course the rediscovery of some of classical literature and some of classical thought that happens during the Renaissance also would have been retarded in a situation where there had been no black death leading to the Reformation. So again, it's the easiest way to describe this and think of this in summary in terms of what would be different about a non-black death Europe would be the fact that it is the catalyst more than any other event for Reformation. Reformation is the catalyst for change within the church and that change within the church opens the doors for a number of other things to change in the areas of art and science. So the Black Death, again, becomes the first domino in an important series in the real timeline. If that domino does not fall, you have to have some other external event that comes along to be the catalyst for the same thing. Whether that event could have happened, as we talked about on previous episodes, because of the overcrowding, uh, potentially starvation, the other things that might have resulted from an overcrowded Europe versus a depopulated Europe, 
that's a possibility. But it's hard to know exactly when that would have come. Would it have been a matter of decades longer, centuries longer? The timing is is difficult to place. Uh, But certainly without that external threat, it's hard to imagine any change to the church. And without a change to the church in the same way that the Reformation and even the Counter-Reformation changed the church, other things are impacted as well that go much beyond just the religious theology uh, that carried forward from that point. One potential path to explore that may have led to something that is a little bit more like the Renaissance is imagine now a unified Europe, as we mentioned before, uh, that is under the more monolithic structure of the traditional hierarchical church, is still in feudalism, but again is suffering uh, the economic devastation of overcrowding, overpopulation, perhaps starvation, with now there being more of a need or an emphasis to expand uh, the territory. Europe needs to export citizens uh, much more than it needs to export goods. Under that scenario, it's possible to imagine that the church might have had a renewed interest in the Crusades or in pushing uh, into the Middle East or pushing into Africa in ways that could have sparked uh, something of a mini-Renaissance or some form of, uh, of change to the status quo as the result of different forces uh, forcing the church to look outward and less inward. Under those scenarios, you may have had, again, a renewed uh, uh, sense of crusades. There may have been more types of things that were looking to carry Christianity to other parts of the world, other parts of Asia, uh, the Middle East, and to Africa in such a way that you would have had an expansion of the power of the church. That expansion would have come with mobility uh, for either the serfs or the citizens or the nobles, whoever might have been involved in those activities. And as a result, they would have come into contact with the other cultures that eventually did have an influence during the real timelines renaissance. For example, the understandings of mathematics that came as a result of coming into contact with the Arab and Islamic world uh, that eventually came back to Europe and, and influenced Uh, folks like Newton and others who were involved in mathematics uh, so that uh, technology and an understanding of that discipline of science was changed. So it's possible that uh, an unreformed church now still having the clout and the clarity and the capability of carrying out more, if you will, mission-minded, missionary-type activities that were outside of Europe may have produced further down the road and to a lesser extent some of the same types of things that eventually came as a result of the sudden shift of the Reformation. So it's you know certainly not conceivable likely that nothing would have changed in the period of time, the five, six, seven hundred years subsequent uh, down to modern history. There may have eventually been some catalyst that would have come along, but the near-term catalyst may have been more along the lines of what we discussed in the previous episodes about the results of uh, starvation and overpopulation and the stresses that that could have and would have placed uh, potentially on um, on Europe and the church being a catalyst for being the organization that may have been the unifying force uh, to go with the feudal political system uh, to carry uh, the citizens of Europe out to other parts of the world. Ultimately, perhaps, again, uh, launching an age of discovery that wouldn't have been about uh, the types of things, trade, which was a primary driver of the age of discovery with the Portuguese and then later with the Spanish and with the, the English and the others, but would have been more along the lines of ages of discovery out of necessity 
uh, because of the conditions that we've already discussed related to overpopulation and a lack of resources to support that population. And so one possibility is that eventually um, the, the stagnant nature of the, of the institutions, the feudal society, as well as uh, the church being stagnant in the sense of not making change in its organization, its hierarchy, its structure, and its operation, could have come to bear for in the shorter term, maybe within 50 to 100 years after the Black Death, because of different pressures that we've discussed in the in the other episodes. And so it is possible to see that perhaps with those changes and, uh, and what might have happened in the church, that might have been a catalyst coming back to change the feudal society. One of the other possibilities is that there may have actually become conflict between uh, the nobility, the economic and political power, and the church itself. Those two things were always at odds with each other to some degree over which was going to have more authority, which was going to have more wealth and capability, which was going to predominate. Uh, certainly in, in that power structure continued, you may have seen more conflict that existed between kings and nobles and the clergy over who had the ultimate authority. And so you may have seen not just conflict over resources, but conflict over authority and power that might have risen out of a non-reformed Catholic Church and a non-reformed economic system in feudalism that would have eventually clashed over who was going to be the ultimate authority, whether that was going to be the church or the state, or would have changed the relationship of authority between the church and the state. Remember that in the feudal system and before the Reformation in particular, even after the Reformation to some degree, the political authority was derived from divine right, so the church was a supporting element for the aristocracy, for the nobility, for monarchs. But you can certainly imagine, uh, as is ripe throughout history, of a situation where you would have powerful political forces who would look to not be shackled by the constraints or feel that they owe their, uh, their authority to the church. And so you may have seen conflict that would have arisen in this area. And so with that thought, and as we bring this third part of the three-episode series to a conclusion, we sort of circle back to the thing that we initially started with and actually spent a considerable amount of time talking about in episode one, which is while the actual impact of losing somewhere between 35 and 60% of the population of Europe in a horrific way in a very short period of time uh, to a pandemic was a horrible event. However, from that horrible event, a number of things changed and changed dramatically in a very short period of time. And in ways when we look back upon them now, we view as being positive changes. And so that is also true uh, potentially for those who look at the, the status of the church and the benefits that were brought by the Reformation, even by the Counter-Reformation, as being a positive impact from that. But certainly not just within the church, but within the economy, within the political system, the fall of feudalism, the growth of the Renaissance, the coming of the Reformation, uh, technology expanding, the age of exploration, all the things that we think of as being within the 200 to 250 year period after the middle of the 14th century are all the result of the dramatic changes that happened there within the space of about a decade as a result of the Black Plague. And so while the, the Black Death was a horrific event, its impact beyond the very close-in scale loss of life and uh, the, the devastation on society in the long term is to create a scenario that might be arg argued as being better. And so coming full circle, uh, again, back to the, 
thought that we introduced in the first episode on this topic, on this particular fork in time, is that if you remove the impact of the Black Death from Europe, uh, you definitely change history. The question is, do you change it for the long-term better at the result of a very short-term worse? And I, I think that's where I would come down on that particular topic. In the short term, it was horrific. In the long term, uh, and obviously uh, those of us that weren't directly affected by it, it's much easier for us to hold to this position because we did not die as a result of the Black Death or have our loved ones, our family, and our friends die as a result of the Black Death. We can look back on it with a different perspective to see the positive changes or the, the, the changes that came from it being more positive in the long term and after a span of time than the actual event itself. Uh, so in conclusion, there's no doubt that the Black Death was one of the most influential events, certainly within the last millennium. And if you remove it, you would have had a very, very different course of history. I would argue that in all the things that we might explore over the, over the whole period of time that this podcast exists, it's hard to imagine an event, granted a large-scale event, not a single small-scale event where we're talking about being the ripple that changes time, but it's hard to imagine an event that is more impactful than the Black Death. And so the removal of that event is also one of the most impactful things that can probably be imagined in history. So that brings to a conclusion, uh, part three here of our exploration of, uh, again, the Black Death not impacting Europe. Just a quick reference for those that may not understand the title of the episodes. Uh, we referenced there, Pockets with No Posies. If you're familiar with the children's nursery rhyme, uh, Ring Around the Rosies, Pocket Full of Posies, Ashes, Ashes, We All Fall Down, uh, that derives from the, uh, the Black Death. And so uh, a little strange that we have a children's nursery rhyme that talks about such a gruesome and horrible event in terms of the impact on society. But the, the topic, of course, is derived uh, from no need to have a pocket full of posies. The posies there in the pockets being something that was believed to uh, protect uh, the particular person who had them because of the, the floral scents, protecting them both from the stench and the, and the smell, of, of the death, but also potentially uh, from that being transmitted to them. So for those of you that weren't familiar with or didn't understand the reference in the title, just thought I would make the reference here so that you would understand what we meant by pockets with no posies. Once again, I appreciate you joining us today here on A Fork in Time, the Alternate History Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed this uh, three-part episode. We won't do this uh, frequently, uh, but we will do it when the topics uh, deserve more than one episode to be covered, so we may do this again. As always, we welcome your feedback. We'd encourage that you visit us at www.aforkintimepodcast.com. If you're new to the podcast and only picked up during these episodes, certainly go back and listen to some of the prior episodes when uh, things are a little bit different. We contain thoughts and ideas when we contain the forks in time to a single episode. You may find that those are more representative of the type of thing that you were looking for. Either way, we would welcome your feedback on whether you've enjoyed the uh, the multi-episode format or prefer the single-episode format, and you can certainly do that at uh, the website aforkintimepodcast.com. Uh, there at the website, you'll find all kinds of other ways to interact with us, links to our Patreon page. If you'd like to become a supporter or patron of the podcast, uh, all of the things that um, that help our listeners connect to the community that we're looking to build here through the podcast. So signing off, again, this is Don Shelley, your host. We appreciate you joining us today and hope that you'll join us next time on A Fork in Time, the Alternate History Podcast. Thanks.
Thanks for listening to A Fork in Time, the alternate history podcast. Join us next time.